This episode is brought to you by Portland Distro. If you love underground music and movies, go to portlanddistro.com for licensed shirts, vinyl, CDs, and more. Go to portlanddistro.com. Plug in the discount code MikeHill666 for 15% off at portlanddistro.com. Welcome back, everyone, to Everything Went Black podcast. This week, Ralph and I are going to try a new sort of, um, hmm, what should we call it? Uh, a new aspect of the podcast. So, uh, so Ralph, uh, tell us about what we have in store for everyone. Okay. Hello, everybody. Good to be back here. Um, yeah, I, I actually, it's not that that new. If people followed you on the way through Metal Matters over here, they might remember a segment, and we could call it a segment, I guess. Sure. Um, um, where you had like a deep dive. No, it wasn't deep dives. Uh, deep cuts. It was deep cuts, right? Sure. Okay. And yeah, so I like I came to this idea of this format, and I'll I will give it a name in a second. Um, because of the feedback that I get from you listeners out there, I mean, there's like every time we post an episode together, there are people reaching out and like adding me on Instagram or Facebook, and it's always very cool to be in touch with you guys and. Uh, friends from mine over here, they always give feedback that they learned like learned about so many bands they haven't ever heard of, and they're grateful for that. And I thought, why not make this in like a like a like we usually have topics that we talk about that are like focused, like we do on bands or records or or movies or books or whatever. Why not have something where we just talk about bands? that are unfortunately too way too much under the radar and stuff that means something to us or records that we actually love and more people should know this. And that's why uh, we want to welcome you to the first installment of Love Songs for the Unloved. I like that title too. It's cool. Yeah, it's a sheer terror record. And I mean, sheer terror is like a key example of this. Like if people talk about hardcore and they usually don't talk about Sheeter. I mean, they're a praised band, but they're still like more like an underground hardcore band. But yeah, that record is great. That band is great, and the title just matches it. I only like their first uh, things. I don't really, I don't, I don't embrace uh, the majority of their catalog, though. Unfortunately. No, I'm also not like a, like a huge fan. But Love Songs is a great record, and the early stuff too. And uh, there's actually a connection to one of the things I chose today. So, like the the key idea, like I like I suggested to Mike, like how I would attack, tackle it, is like having three items per person and going back and forth. So in this case, I chose three bands and three record, like each a record of theirs. And yeah, I don't know, like how, did you do the same? Yeah, that's what I did. I did exactly, uh, right. you know, that. Um, before we get going, though, I just wanted to um, give, a, give a shout out to somebody because uh, I don't know how many of you guys out there listen to uh, Necromaniacs, my horror podcast, but I mentioned a graphic novel by Grant Morrison called Nameless, 
and I could not remember the name of the person who recommended it to me, and now I do. So I'm going to say thank you, Carl Hikara, for bringing that to my attention. And uh, I am a big Grant Morrison fan. You know, uh, Batman's his work with Batman I thought was great. Uh, you know, Animal Man, uh, Doom Patrol, all that great stuff. But I wasn't familiar with uh, with the Nameless um, Image miniseries that came out. And thanks, Carl. Appreciate it. You and I have been in touch. So, man, I'm going to shout you out again on Necro. Um, yeah, that was just a great... If you're into the occult, doomsday, uh, you know, weird fiction, like that kind of stuff, definitely check out that trade, Nameless. Image, Image Comics uh, put it out. I think uh, you said you picked a copy up, right, Ralph? I've got a I, I got a stack of graphic novels from someone here in Cologne and it, it was in that stack and I started like by browsing through the titles and the cover artwork I made like a list of where to start and uh, it, it is in my top three of things I want to read but like I, I wrote to you yesterday um, I just finished a graphic novel called Survivors Club which yes. is also fucking amazing. Yeah. Also, thanks everyone out there who is uh, giving me uh, well wishes. Um, I, uh, you know, contracted the COVID-19 virus uh, a few days ago. And unfortunately, we were not able to um, play the show with Evoken out on Staten Island, which was something I'd been looking forward to for months. And uh, I have to say, um, my symptoms are very mild. I just feel a little fatigue. I have been vaccinated, and I want to tell everybody a story about masks because, uh, you know, you can go out there on YouTube and you can find some um, overweight uh, white person uh, trying to force his way into a Walmart um, without a mask, you know, claiming that, oh, the, you know, masks, it's my, my freedom, all this stuff. And, you know, like they're Patrick Henry, like, like wearing a mask is uh, something uh, akin to, Patrick Henry's um, give me liberty or give me death or, you know, something along those lines, which is total bullshit. So I got COVID last week. I started feeling sick. Uh, I did not know if it was just a flu or what. So I had to go pick up my guitars from our tech, our guitar tech, and his shop was very small. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to wear a mask, even if it's not COVID. Why should I get this guy sick with the flu? Okay. Went to my went to his shop, picked up my stuff. You know, we had a conversation about this and that. I went home. A few days later, tested positive. In addition to all the contact tracing stuff you got to do, I hit him up directly and I go, "Hey, I um, tested positive. Maybe you should get tested just to see if you're okay. How do you feel?" It's like I don't. I feel fine. He got tested, negative, all right? Wear a mask. Don't be a dick. You know, you can wave the American flag and pretend you're a patriot, great, but wear a mask, care about people, care about people other than yourself, and do the right thing. That's my public service announcement for today. (laughs) Amen to that, brother. And uh, you German fuckos do the same thing, man. It's just like the same here don't don't celebrate carnival man it's like i just told you beforehand like on the 11th of november it's the start of carnival season 
and like our cases have been spiking again and on thursday in cold temperature there were like 20 to 30 thousand people inner city cologne wearing almost close to nothing or shitty costumes no masks got boozed up and we're just partying hard so i wonder how the case uh the case chart will look next week i wonder yeah so <laughs> bullshit don't wave an american flag to be an asshole you know i mean you can you, you can wait you can have a flag but you don't have to be a dick about it that's all i have to say man you know it's like i don't know it to me it's it's such a fucking travesty in this country when people with their flags you know it's not like i'm an american anymore it's like i'm i'm a right wing fringe conspiracy theorist asshole if you fucking have an american flag unless you're a veteran that's a different deal I, I, I totally yeah. have a different perspective because I know a lot of vets and they're very much into uh, the American flag, which is cool. But like, just don't be a dick, I guess, is what my message to everyone out there. Yeah, I mean, it's the, the thing here is, you know, like uh, people were like, yeah, I am. I'm very understandable. And I was really reasonable about the whole COVID thing, but not carnival two years in a row, man. Like last year, I couldn't celebrate. This year, I have to be a sexy nurse again and drink vodka at 11 in the morning. <laughs> it's like, it's it's my God-given right. And, and like, COVID won't fuck this away from me. It's like, yeah, well, thanks. So, um, yeah. Enough of that shit. Yeah, man. Let's leave this behind and go to some good music. Cool. You want to you start? Should I start? I'll start. So the, right. fir the first band I want to bring up is a band called Death Crux. And uh, for some reason, these guys definitely fall under the radar. And um, they're based in L.A. Uh, it features ex-members of Buried at Sea, which is a, a band that some people would probably remember. And uh, the black metal band, uh, Lightning Swords of Death. And of course, the, um, the vocalist for Death Crux, uh, Farron Loathing, um, was also in Lightning Swords of Death. And for any any guys out there who might have listened to uh, Mark One of uh, Metal Matters, uh, Farron was actually a guest on there. So I might have him come back again to do this, uh, to do Everything Went Black since that's been over a year uh, since he has been, I did his interview. And um, yeah, they're, they're, um, they have two, two records out. Uh, the 2018 Mutant Flesh LP, and the 2015 EP, Pairs of Anguish. And, um, yeah, they're, if you're into death rock with, like, a, at times, kind of like a punk flavor to it, uh, I definitely recommend uh, this band. I mean, I would say that Mutant Flesh, the LP has more of, like, a punk vibe to it, and the, the EP, Pairs of Anguish, is... You know, more death rock kind of gothic, you know, um, vibe to it. But they're they're both great records, and uh, yeah, anyone out there who wants to um, dip their toe into that world, I, I recommend them. Have you heard these guys? It's yes, I have. I I knew them before the episode. Was glad you brought them and featured them on the episode. Good listen. Like that guy seems to be like a legit dude. I think Lightning Swords of Death is still one of the best names for a band ever. Yeah. And um, I, I knew Death Crux from, uh, I think Cult Nation featured them at some point and I just thought like cool name, cool artwork. 
for all you like um, hipsters out there listening to this, it's like uh, there's this band Beast Milk that everybody was into. They had like one record. It's like with guys from Hex Vessel and and Beast Milk was like kind of like death rock in a way, but was really poppy and they they try to be darker than they actually are. Death Crocs are the real deal. They're like a dark, nihilistic, death rock, punk band. And I think it's very L.A. in a way. Very, <laughs> uh, um, yeah, man, they're just like, they're like, they sound nasty, they look nasty, and they're a nasty band, but still very appealing, very melodic. And yeah, they're just a fucking cool band. Yeah. Yeah, that band Beast Milk, I never got into. Didn't they t- change their name to something else, too? Or? Yeah, they're grave, ple- grave Pleasures now and are a bit more poppy, but I, I don't like the voice of that dude singing. And um, I don't know, man. I was never a Beast Milk <laughs> fan. And Grave Pleasures, are, I think, are even a bit more boring. Um, they like There's one guy like in Beast Milk as well as in... Um, Grave Pleasures, there's the, the main guy of Oranzi Pazuzu is playing that band. And I mean, Oranzi Pazuzu is just like one of the best bands out there right now. But I just don't like Beast Milk never did anything for me. Yeah. I didn't realize someone from Oranzi Pazuzu was in that band. I, I love them, by the way, Oranzi Pazuzu. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. I just, I always recall like seeing them play and then afterwards it was you at roadburn i saw like it was oranzi on the church stage and then tombs and i just remember like later that day as you said like okay oranzi pazuzu is the future of black metal yeah and if you listen like listen to the progress they made especially the last one it is indeed true it's like what what can you do that is new in black metal and uh oranzi pazuzu just keep on pushing the boundaries and they're just like the one of the most unique acts out there right now yeah that's that's kind of um the thing with farron the the singer in this band i think that uh for me specifically it it really hits all the boxes because you know knowing that he has a, a black metal background and he's like to me, death rock and goth and black metal are are very they're not too big a leaps from each other really in some ways. You know? No. No. Absolutely not. I mean if you listen to I like play. the early like Bauhaus stuff, like when they were you know, when Bauhaus first came out, you know, they had this they were they were like gnarly, like dark, gnarly punks, you know? And yes. a lot of that vibe i think is is some of the stuff i really really gravitate towards about black metal too you know yeah of course it's 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 melancholic it's dark and that's same here i mean with planks i already did it with ulta i did it too like mixing metal and the elements of songwriting from dark wave bands and now with ropes of night i've got my own post-punk band which is not as dark as i think it could be but it's something different, but it's like in general, the melodic aspect is there's a lot of overlap with these two genres. Yeah, totally. So you, you can check these guys out, look them up on, you know, Bandcamp is probably the best way to buy all their, all their stuff. Um, you know, you can find them on all the, all the uh, streaming apps, you know, Spotify, Apple Music, all that kind of stuff. But, uh, but definitely try to go to their Bandcamp and support them directly if you can. Yes. It's always the best way. Yeah. So what do you got now? 
<laughs> okay. Um, I when I made my list, like I've got three records down. I thought like take three different ones from different genres. And my my uh, thesis is that one band I'm pretty sure you will know. The second one you might know because like either you found them by yourself or I recommended them some years back. The third one I'm pretty sure you don't know. Okay. So let's start with the one one from the neighborhood, pretty much, and in uh, in uh, connection to the title of this record, when I talked about like New York hardcore and sheer terror being more of on the nasty side of this. My first band that I chose is the band called Neglect. Oh, wow. Okay. Do you know them? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Neglect was a band that formed in 91 and they ended in 95, came back for a brief period in 2005 and then had to stop. Neglect was, um, when I started listening to hardcore, I thankfully got like got into like good stuff and had like met the right people at the right time i mentioned this on my point of entry episode that you can still find on the metal matters page on spotify and whatnot um i had like some older kids in in my school that were like into hardcore and yes they listened to some youth crew stuff too but they were more on the heavier side so they were metalheads and hardcore punks and like they introduced me like their favorite band was integrity so everything was set there and like some of the first stuff they always gave me like vinyl and seven inches and, ta and tapes and, and stuff like this and it's like take it home do your homework and then it's just like andy the singer he gave me a cd called ended exclamation mark we bite records german label neglect from new york city so i looked like through a catalog i had with like a mail order and it said like one of the most hate-filled bands one of the most dangerous bands the singer has to wear a bulletproof <laughs> vest on stage because people at shows try to kill him i'm like this sounds terrifying and actually the mu music is in a way terrifying because it's so like it's so different from what new york hardcore mostly is and um there was this brief stint of a subgenre called hatecore yeah with bands like like sfa and stuff like this they never did anything for me really but the neglect stuff that connected with me it sounds like it has this neck pickup and take out all the treble that celtic frost used and obituary used so they've got a sound like celtic frost and obituary it's way more groovy it almost has like this thing that also stark weather has where it's like very rhythmic the lyrics are about depression suicide and and just like yeah fear anguish um my blood is getting colder as i get older it's the first line on the first song of ended um yeah it's it's nasty stuff to me it still holds up it's got it's a very very specific thing in the hardcore scene um they don't get enough praise not a lot of people know them but if you're into the bands that i mentioned and stuff like poison idea and uh yeah so nasty dark <laughs> hardcore neglect might be something for you yeah definitely they they fall more on the side of the fence of you know bands like gehenna and you know that kind of thing in my opinion too 
Yeah, but they're not as not they, they don't have this fast stuff like Gehenna and 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 catharsis and tech. They have like this holy terror sound. I think you can clearly hear that they're like a New York hardcore band. Right. But it's still like it's more mid tempo and it's not mosh like they did it before. Like the whole mosh thing was like popular. And that's why I think like they they fall in between the chairs. And I think if you're into stuff like Bloodlet or or I mean, uh, if you dig the first and everybody should like the first uh, Chromax record. Um, I mean, it was produced by Don Fury, who was responsible for all the New York hardcore stuff. Um, yeah, you will dig it. It's it's definitely dark. It's nasty, and it's it sounds unlike like most other hardcore bands. I was thinking more towards like the uh, the lyrical content, though. It's more like kind of like oh, sorry, yeah, yeah like this kind of yeah. Mike Cheese like depression, violence, crime yes. kind of thing. You know? Yeah, yeah, correct, correct, correct. Yeah. Um, so that's that. What's your second one? All right. This is a band that, uh, I actually had the front man on as a guest a few months ago. Uh, and we're talking of course about Trivax, um, ah. UK based black. Well, all right. By way of Tehran, Iran, <laughs> based in Birmingham, <laughs> UK, uh, Trivax black metal. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, Cheyenne was the, uh, I had him on a few a few months ago. Um, I found out about them from uh, Into the Necrosphere, Jackie Smith, uh, his podcast, and and um, I, I was fascinated by his story, and even more inter- interested in the music because the music is fucking flawless, man, in my opinion. And um, yeah, I mean, this guy was born in Tehran has firsthand experience with like you know the the jackboots of organized monotheistic religion you know of uh, of the Islamic religion and is has totally rejected that and sort of embraced like the left-hand path so a lot of his the concepts that he has in his in his lyrics are really observations of life a life that he lived you know what i mean so you know a lot of times like you know we live in in uh the western world and and we have these like esoteric ideas about religion and we reject uh you know the the perceived um you know persecution of uh of we we see persecution we see how monotheistic religions have like suppressed people and all this sort of stuff but it's all very academic in a lot of ways for people who live in the western culture you know yeah but for cheyenne like his his um rebellion against that could have cost him his life man you know what i mean like he lived in like a very fundamentalist part of the world so um, we talk we talk about that in the interview I did with him. So if you guys are you know if any of this stuff interests you, uh, go back and, and check out that episode. It's from a few months ago, and also check out Jackie's episode with him because there was a great in depth exploration of his music. And um, so yeah, this guy is like uh, another thing I really you know I've obviously appreciate and admire people who don't give up on things and have dedication and um 
that's something that I that this this guy for sure personifies those ideas because he pulled himself out of living in like a fundamentalist Muslim culture and relocated to England and continued doing his band with a whole new lineup. <coughs> so yeah, it's a it's a really interesting story. The band remains technically unsigned at this point. Um, but they have a bunch of material out and it's all available on their band camp. And um yeah, they got several demos. Uh they have EPs, uh Set the Torch, The World is Dead, Into the Void. And in twenty sixteen they released an LP called Sin. And um the uh they have a brand new LP that's complete. And right now they're trying to find uh, a label to work with to release it. And um, so I, I don't know what the status is right now. I, I've been trying to, trying to put him in touch with some people that I know that might be able to, um, you know, to help him out. But uh, so far, no, no solid plans for the release of the LP that I'm aware of. But Trivax, T-R-I-V-A-X. So definitely... If you're a fan of black metal, check out the Bandcamp um, for them, and uh, and yeah, give a listen to the to the interviews I did, and um, and check it out. Yeah, are you, are you familiar with these guys? Yeah. Have you heard them? Yeah, yeah, I listened to the episode, and like you said, it's a very fascinating story, and I took a deep deep dive into their catalog, and you know what? Like, I'm glad you you chose them because it just blows my mind that bands like this don't have a deal. And yeah. no label really wants to release them, which makes me make me think like I really have to forward this to Stefan of Vendetta Records because he's been doing a lot of like great black metal bands from all over the world, especially like exotic places. And they might be something up his alley. And um, yeah, it's also a m reminder that like we live in a very comfortable place where we can just play like realistical or like anti-christian or whatever anti-religious music and state our opinion without being getting persecuted for that and that there are parts in the world where that just not happens and that reminded me of like i just watched a documentary like the other day which i i saw like 10 years ago and i rewatched it it's called like uh, crossing the bridge and it's by alexander hacke of einstürzende neubauten mm -hmm. and because he lived some time in turkey and so he he took a stroll through the um, independent music scene of Turkey. And there was also like a metal band. And they said, like, we have to rehearse in secrecy because we could get persecuted for playing this kind of music. So like playing, playing, playing black metal or punk in some parts of the world is still something very provocative and dangerous. Yeah. So it's a great story, this band. And yeah, people give them a, give them a shout out and like yeah and someone please sign these guys yeah and, and we're talking 2009 and not even that long ago yeah. when this guy was you know Cheyenne was out there in in Tehran you know creating blasphemous music and risking his life doing so so it's not like some yeah. distant remote past we're even talking about you know it's 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 the very recent past wow still so surreal that like that there are places in the world still where stuff like this happens or it's stuff like this flies and that's what i meant like here 
we're, we're complaining about a lot of things here, but it's just like, it's not dangerous to live here. Yeah. Well, you know, not, not to, to go back to this again, but, um, it, it really sickens me even more when I hear people talk about freedom and, and they're like, you know, we're being persecuted and, you know, this whole thing about masks and, you know, Nazi Germany and all this bullshit. It's oh, like, man. I'm like, you guys yeah. don't even, you never left your fucking state, man. It's like, go out into the world and see some real persecution. You know what I mean? And it's like, I do like, yeah. I mean, I don't feel like, I don't feel persecuted. You know, I mean, I feel like I live in a, in a free society. You know, and there's like a bunch of like, like uneducated hunchbacks out there who have no fucking clue about anything. That's just, uh, I can only like, people can find this on the internet. It's just so surreal that like the, the anti-vax movement here, um, they, they, as a merch article, you can buy off their dark web pages or I don't know, <laughs> <Dark> telegram messengers. <laughs> <laughs> um, they imitated like the the arm like the, the the armbands i don't know like if that's the proper term but like the you know like like sweatbands but like no, yeah dude what's the right word but like the thing that the the jews had to wear in, in nazi germany where it says jew in the with a jewish star around their arm yeah remember yeah, yeah they arm, have the same band. thing but yeah armband right okay so they have the same thing in the same like blue on yellow or blue on white with a Jewish star, but it says unvaccinated. So Dude. that's that's what they do now. So that... they they think it's the same thing like Nazi per pers persecuting Jews is the same what they are going <laughs> through right now. Man, if I if I was Jewish, I would be so completely offended by that. You know, I mean, yeah, I'm, and the I'm Jews are. I'm... Yeah, I'm sure they are. You know. Yeah. I'm offended by it now, you know, and I'm not Jewish. That's unbelievable. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. Should I go on? Yeah, go ahead, man. All right. Number two, um, a band from, I think, Portland. Uh -oh. It's an American band. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I know. Uh-oh. Um, do you know a guy called Blake Green? Does that ring a bell? No. No, he is mostly known for being the founding member of this band Wolf Serpent. Okay. Uh, um, a dark two-person doom band it was him playing guitar and a drummer, a girl playing drums and violin, and she's in Wolf's in the Throne Room now. And they also used to tour with Wolf's in the Throne Room. It's very esoterical stuff. Wolf Serpent in it itself is already like a like a, a hidden treasure that I only can recommend to people if you're into funeral doom and and ritualistic sludge stuff. But this guy not only does he have this band, he has like a black metal band called Il Itil, which is also very good. And I'm also not talking about this, but I'm talking about his solo stuff, which he does under the moniker of Elter. That's A-E-L-T-E-R. In German, it means it's older. It's pretty much the German word for older. Um, he did, like, there are four self-titled records under that name. And I want to talk about number four. So that's the Roman numbers IV. So number four, Love Eternal. Came out in 2015 on Pizenta Orfolk, which is like the label that did, um, they did like this black metal neo folk festival. 
in the Appalachian Mountains, which is not happening anymore. And so Elter, I, so I never talked about this to you, Mike, right? No, you no, never heard we, of this? We went, we went into um, a big uh, thing about Funeral Doom a, a few months ago. And it, yeah, yeah. I don't think you, you didn't, you didn't uh, tell me about this band. Yes. Yeah. So first off, Wolf Serpent, you will like this. But dude, you will love the fuck out of this record. So Elter, Love Eternal. It sounds, so the, the oh, let me just check this to get it accurate. Uh, Discogs states it is a mixture of folk, world music, country, doom metal, and black metal. It is remotely true. If you can think, like if you can imagine um, Boren and the Club of Gore oh, yeah. mm-hmm. teaming, teaming up with Angelo Badalamenti and Woven Hand mm. in a very dark world, that's how this record sounds. It's slow, it's moody, it's brooding. The songs are called Death Eternal, Love Eternal, Life Eternal, and Hope Eternal. It's almost 40 minutes long. It has strumming, really slow strumming, reverby, twangy guitars, Wurlitzer organs blasted through reverb, slow, steady drums, spoken, mumbled words of darkness. It's it's incredible music to listen to in the dark or when you're on tour and driving late at night. Oh, wow. Perfect. It, yeah. Yeah. It is, it is 110% Mike Hill music. Yeah. Damn. I got to check this out. I'm, I'm going to listen to this today. Actually. I'll find it. Yeah. It's, it's uh, actually on Spotify. I don't know why. It, I think it is. I think I have saved it. Otherwise you will all find it on the, on the wolf serpent or Elter. um, uh, Bandcamp stuff. Um, all this guy touches. He has a new black metal band called um, Lunar Temple. There's only one demo song, which is 20 minutes long, and it's also great. Il Itil, like his black metal band, he has like his other solo project. Like it's one of these prolific Portland people. If I'm not correct, like if I'm not mistaken, I think he's from that area. If I'm if he's not from there, I'm sorry. I don't know. I ha- should have done better research. But he's totally seems like a Portland guy, but like one someone who really knows what he's doing. Um, all his bands are great. Elter Love Eternal is probably my favorite thing he has done. That sounds fascinating to me, and um, I'm totally all in on it and i will uh probably go to their band camp and purchase something from them once we wrap this up today all right perfect that that's my preferred method man i I like to go to band camp and you know buy the actually purchase it you know what i mean yes absolutely and i think for people like us who are in bands we know it's the only way that the band actually directly profits from it yes Bandcamp takes its margin, but they do the. I think the Bandcamp Friday thing is one of the coolest things that a big company <laughs> has done. So where they don't don't waive their fees, and still, I mean, I see it like they take I think ten percent or something of a purchase, which is not a whole lot compared to other platforms. The the zero point zero zero one two four cents you get on Spotify for a stream. Yeah, dude. Um, it's not even a comparison really i mean it's like it's just you know i I know everyone doesn't like to pay for anything these days but it's like it's so 
fucking criminal the way like major labels have just like pivoted their their exploitation away from like all right well you know we're, we're now everyone can listen for free you know but we're making you you subscribe and we make all these millions of dollars and these bands like get like some very small pittance you know yeah it's uh it's very very dumb and uh but it's the way it operates and i actually do this in like in 10th grade in school where i when i teach music and um i uh i always do like in 10th grade um i do uh the music industry how it works and there is a calculator where you can actually like check your the song that you like most on spotify and by the clicks like calculate how much money was being made of this and then it goes through another platform where it says like okay, the label takes this much and so so you see like that you have to stream a song like three thousand times <laughs> so the, the actual artist gets like a, a dollar or something it's it's <laughs> yeah it's insane so yeah me, me, meanwhile i uh i checked uh, it's he's from boys idaho Okay. I'm sorry. It's not a Portland person. I have no idea about Idaho. I've I've heard about Boys Idaho, and it sounds like remote and empty, but I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah Idaho is pretty desolate for the most part. Um, yeah, it's it's not far from the Northwest, though. I mean, it's it's adjacent to that those Washington and, and Oregon, so it's not too far away. Yeah, it's definitely like bleak and and remote. That's something for that that works for this music and i just checked it's alter a e l t e r dot bandcamp dot com it has all their releases on there and i just saw that he posted two new demos of new songs and i'm excited cool yeah all right what's next for you all right this is uh this next one for me um is born out of our recent discussions of this particular band that has a deep history that everyone knows about. However, I'm going to call attention to a, 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 a period of time where they might have fallen off the radar with some people, and there actually were some really quality release, releases during that period. Now, of course, I'm, talk, I'm talking about TSOL, True Sounds of Liberty which yeah you and i've been going back and forth about this for a while now but yeah man <laughs> it's um okay everyone knows about jack grisham you know they know about the the early era of the band you know the 1980 they formed in 1980 the la punk hardcore uh era and of course that's you know that that's that's probably the seminal version of the band we got jack grisham on vocals we got ron emery on guitar we got mike roche on bass and Todd Barnes on drums. And that's like, you know, Weathered Statues, Thoughts of Yesterday, uh, you know, all the hits. You know what I mean? In 83, Grisham and Barnes leave the band, okay? And uh, I, I read an interview with Jack, and he was talking about how escalating violence at shows and, uh, you know, people looking to him as some kind of uh, director of this whole thing. Uh, he got disillusioned to that, and he, he left the band, you know, which I thought was funny because uh, Jack Grisham was also part of, like, uh, some kind of hardcore crew during that point of time, which were, like, you know, involved in violence and, and mayhem and all this other stuff, too. I just thought <laughs> that, that was kind of funny, you know. 
Uh, so the last record that, um, <coughs> that he made with them was called Beneath the Shadows, which was um, quite good. I don't think people really gave it uh, enough listens, but it's at that point they were shifting away from hardcore and going into this almost uh, Susie and the Banshees kind of vibe, this like gothic rock sort of um, direction. So when he left, they replaced him with a singer, Joe Wood, and also a new drummer, Mitch Dean. And uh, those guys put together this, they, they were involved in the band for a few years, and they released these two great albums. Uh, one's called Change Today, which came out in 1984, and the other one was Revenge, which came out in 1986. And... Uh, then, you know, they should have quit while they were ahead. And then they made a, a record called Hit and Run in 87, which is, uh, in my opinion, not very good. But no, two no. out of three ain't bad. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, and I know that you, you're quite fond of these records, too. Dude, so much. And like I said on the Gun Club episode, I owe it to you because you posted the video for Revenge some years ago when Facebook was still the hot stuff, when we're just like getting detox from MySpace. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, you posted it. I'm like, oh, I always wanted to listen to TSOL because that name always came up when people ta talked about punk and California punk. I'm like, okay, might as well do it now if Mike posts this. And it's, it was something completely different, especially like if you take the title track, Revenge, it's played with an acoustic guitar, which is also different from the rest of the record. But you have these cool 80s California-looking punks um, looking like from The Little Vampire so or from Lost Boys. In this 80s camera quality, the song Revenge is just a killer song. I'm like, this is not what I expected it to be, but this looks fucking awesome. So I was able to track down, and that was cool. Like I, I tracked down the records without ever listening to it on YouTube because it was prior to Spotify and all these things. So I got this one of, of a secondhand list, got it, and I don't. I think it didn't leave my turntable for two weeks. It's just so fucking good. And that, then I got changed today. And I think people that are into this band and this phase of the band. They're leaning more towards change today. And I mean, it's it's like revenge is 100% on my scale and change today is probably 99%. Yeah. But that's just because revenge was first. But man, these two records are good. <laughs> yeah, man, it's, uh, it's interesting because uh, the band TSOL, it's like definitely has for always had this like dark sort of energy to them, you know, this dark vibe. But like with uh, the Jack version of the band, uh, I think he was referencing more like Dave Vanian and like the Damned and that kind of stuff. Um, yes. And then when when uh, Joe Wood joined, they were they were going more into this like Jim Morrison Doors, uh, you know, kind of um, with like a rockabilly kind of vibe to it. You know, like like def definitely consistent with like something similar to like maybe what the Gun Club was doing. You know. Yes. And uh, both both of both versions of the band are totally legit in my my opinion. And uh, 
Yes. They just they just tickle different aspects, you know, and and um I love the Jack Grisham version of the band, but I also really, really like the the Joe Wood version too. Except for uh hit and run. That's that's like yeah. <laughs> that's a little too far if you ask me. Yeah, that's it's kind of the same mistake that the cult made at some point, where they like try to step away from from their gothy post punk kind of background and wanted to enter the real rock realm. Yeah. And I mean, the cult did it in a more like in a better way. But even like when they started like electric and became like a full on rock band, they also did some records that weren't that good anymore. Like, thankfully, like that incarnation of TSOL stopped after that. It's not like if it comes up on like on a shuffle on tour, I wouldn't like I wouldn't stop it. But it's also not the TSL record I would go to. I just think that like it's pretty much two different bands because yeah, they have the same name, but apart from that, they're like two separate entities in a way. Well, that that hit and run record too. I have a I have that on vinyl. I bought it like back in the eighties because I was like, oh yeah, man, TSOL, cool. And like, wow, they look like uh, you know L.A. Guns now or something like that. But uh, let me check it out. And quickly, I was wow, this is not that good, you know? Yeah. Definitely a misstep. No. But the other two records, I think, are great. They're, they indeed are. I, I got to say, like, still to this day, Revenge, on my, sh- like my, on my playlist at least once a month. And it's one of these records, you know, like, after, like, doing several tours with your bands, you know which records are always good records to play on tour that everybody's into and people are like, cool, we're on the road again. And revenge is definitely one of those. Yeah. There's that cool video too. There's like a proper like music video for revenge, which is, uh, it was pretty yes. awesome. You know? Yeah. That's, that's what I was talking about. Them like riding on choppers through LA yeah. with their uh, like cool bandanas. And <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's one of those bands like, also lords of the new church and you just like look at them and think like boy they're so cool i will never pull something off like them gotta say tsol to in my opinion the cooler band than lords of the new church um yeah <coughs> i agree with that man i i only really like that song russian roulette by them yeah it's it's a bit too much over the top but I mean, from the, you know, like what I mean from the aesthetic with the leather and like looking like fucking Guns N' Roses. But like on, on the cover of Revenge, like the band photo, they actually like don't look as gothy as they look in the music video. I think they like after they released it, they like turn, they turn even more towards the dark side. Yeah. But they look like like this classic California rock band. I would like to use the word peckerwood, but I'm not sure if that's the right thing to do here. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know either, man. It's uh, that that's a that's a hot a hot button word. I feel and uh, yeah. But the uh, yeah, that video has like the two things that being being a guy who grew up on the East Coast, I always like romanticize that those two archetypes of West West Coast culture is like the cool like Chicano. You know, like with the cool fedora and the bandanas and the the flannel shirts and the big dickies and stuff. You know, like the um, the work pants, like that whole style. And then the um, you know the biker, the L.A. Southern California like 
biker archetype. Those are like two two things that, especially when I was a kid in the '80s, like I just never saw people like that growing up in you know in the suburbs in New York. And um, I always thought that was like these like really cool like exotic exotic uh, archetypes. Yeah. And now, now imagine coming from small town Germany, <laughs> looking at these cats. I'm like, oh man, wow. Um, did you? I I don't know if that was a big thing in the states, but um, do you know that that old kids show from the '80s, The Little Vampire? No, I don't think I know that. Oh man, it was such a big success here, and I think it's British American production, and it has Gerd Fröbe who played Goldfinger. Like that actor, and he plays like a vampire hunter, oh, cool. and it's it's based on a it's based on a children's book called The Small Vampire, where like this loser kid um, makes friends of a teenage vampire and his little sister, and they become friends, and it's it's like a it's a coming of age story, and they did like in the eighties they did like a TV show about that, and. It, it looks like, I mean, we talked about this and like one of my choices that I wanted to talk about, and maybe if we like do another um, love songs for the unloved, I will talk about Mighty Spinkter, a topic oh, yeah. that always comes up. That video for ghost walking, this camera style playing on these, on these graveyards, this, this gloomy 80s VHS kind of quality to it, this lo-fi thing. That's how the show was produced. And it was really, really dark. And especially like the scenes of the vampire family living in the crypts. Like you could see like these dark caves where they were living. And um, his, like the Anton was the, the little vampire. Uh, no, uh, let, let me correct this. Uh, I don't know what the English word, like in German it was Rüdiger. And I don't know if the British word, Anton was the kid. But like the vampire had like a bigger brother he was called Lumpy in Germany, which is um, just like lump, a Lumpy is a, the, um, if you have like a shirt, which is completely worn out and okay. you're like, you're about, you think about using it to like clean like an oven or something. <laughs> this is what you call a Lumpen. That was his name because he was like, he was like the bum in the family, but he was actually like a goth punk playing in a goth punk band. So there was this vampire and they had like a celebration and they played and it looked it's an actual goth punk video and the song to this day holds up as like one i think it was my actual entry point into goth music i will send it to you like after we're done here because it's so fucking cool yeah and these and these vampires they have the look like lost boys and also like the guys in tsol <laughs> yeah lost boys <laughs> and the guys in tsol that's awesome man <laughs> Yeah, man, it's just like, yeah, everybody out there, like the German people again, like like we did on the Gun Club episode when I talked, I don't know, the Sylvester Stallone when I talked about over the top, everybody here knows, knows the Kleine Vampir, so the small, the little vampire, and I, yeah, it's crazy that this wasn't like a success in the States. I will send you a trailer for that, and I think you would watch it if you could see it, yeah, because it looks just so fucking cool. Well, since I'm, uh, you know, in quarantine for the next few days, maybe I should check it out. Um, you know, I got time, <laughs> you know? Yeah. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll send a link and maybe you can track it down somewhere online. Yeah. Actually, weren't you saying that Joe Wood is performing 
around uh, the country uh, doing these TSOL songs at some somehow? X. Yes, right. And he has a band called Ta Da 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 Change Today. <laughs> that's his that's his band now. So he he plays, and I think it's him and the drummer, like okay. the original two, like these two cats, and they've got like two other guys. Um, and they're playing occasionally. They have a Facebook page, and they're like he posts a lot. He's actually active, not as active as TSOL are because they're playing like all the reunion shows right now at all these big punk festivals. But like they play like smaller clubs, like backyards and shit. And there are like a ton of videos of them playing live. He's still got the looks down with a bandana and everything, and, and the the flannel shirts. And they're playing only songs of these two records, but they also started writing new stuff in that vein, oh, which cool. I will, I will totally back if they ever release it. Yeah, I would, I would like to to hear because I thought he was great, man. Like his, he had a killer voice and just his lyrics, I thought were he's, really good. Yeah, he still does. I mean, he's he's like an older guy now. I I don't know. Like he must be like in his late fifties, probably. I at don't least, know. I would say and, at least. Yeah. Yeah. But he's still like he's got the voice down, he's got the looks down. I think like they're still a legit cool band, and yeah, man. I mean, this is one of the things they will never come over to Europe. So at some point, hopefully, if I ever come to the states and maybe fly out to the West Coast, I will be able to catch a show of them because it would just be cool to hear these songs live. That's like the one look, like like um, I always. Had- like I said it earlier on, I always was really into that look of uh, the kind of Chicano, like Southern California look. If you're if you're from L.A. or San Diego or somewhere in Orange County, and you're you're a, a white guy, you know, you're not Mexican or you know from South America, you can somehow pull that off, like with that dressing that way, you know. But a guy from New York or New Jersey can't really do that look with any authority you know what i'm trying to say yeah and i feel like i feel like i've missed out somehow i I would love to dress like that but i just don't think it would work for me uh for us like if we would do it it would look like two idiots at at, at, like halloween (laughs) trying to be trying to imitate something from uh from uh (laughs) that from that what's that biker show sons of anarchy (laughs) oh yeah totally man yeah 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 I think Mike Mike Muir, Mike Muir Muir like the suicidal tendency guys. I think he 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 took this outfit into the world, and people probably here if you do that in Germany, they would say like, "Oh, you're a suicidal fan." <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. All right, my last one, right? Yeah. So. Um, as I said, I mixed it. I had a hardcore band, then I had like this. I don't know, gothy kind of like ambient, whatever music. Got to do one black metal thing at least. Um, and uh, I mean, I always like tell you about German bands and there's like a bunch of good ones. We talked about Fernask and and uh, like a bunch of other stuff. But I have to give shout outs to some of my homies because um, before I get into this band, let me ask you something. Okay. Is there, is there in America, is there judgment towards black metal bands about the way they look? And I mean, I speak about bands where you can take the music seriously. I'm not talking about death heaven. Is there like good bands 
that people criticize just for the way they look, even though their music is like 110% spot on? Um, see, this is hard for me to answer because uh, I, I'm, I'm probably like the biggest judgmental asshole there is out there. But uh, I think in general in the States, in black metal, people are, are a little bit uh, more liberal about what they're, they'll, they'll accept you know, as far as like, yeah. like if the band is good, if they don't look like black metal guys, I think that they'll they'll probably you know acknowledge it as being good. Yeah, and that's that's see that's why again I'm I feel more like an American in that sense. That um, I mean I think hands down one of the best black metal bands is Yellow Eyes right now from Brooklyn. And if you see them walking the street, you wouldn't even think that they play in a ga- in a band at all. You would right. probably think they're like some 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 like nerds that get punched in the face all the time. But like Yellow Eyes is like one hands down one of the best bands. And like if when I when I found out about Fell Voices or Ashbor or even Wilson the Throne Room in the beginning, they didn't look like a whole lot of metal. Like Wilson the Throne Room looked like a crust band. And so, like, there were bands that don't look metal but still are accepted if the music is good. And I think the biggest criticism that the Deaf Heaven gets or that Liturgy got was, like, them trying to be intellectuals and look shit and also, like, play play music that's shit. And I always try to not judge people because of that. So, for me, Liturgy or Deaf Heaven were just never good bands. Here in Germany, it's a different case, though, because I think here people are being raised as true metalheads, you know, like people that grow up with metal and they, I don't know, they listen to Mortician when they snuggle with their girlfriend or something. Um, So if you don't apply to their set of rules about how a black metal band has to look or to behave you're not down you're not a black metal band and i gotta say like there's this there are these bunch of bands that are complete horseshit they call themselves black metal but they sound like this will destroy us with screaming vocals or or i don't know man like third class isis knockoffs that claim they're like down tempo black metal or something and horse shit they look they look shit they sound shit but when we started with Ulfa, people at first heard it and they said like this sounds awesome and then they saw pictures of us and then it was like oh look at these faggots they're gay left <laughs> gay leftists hipster faggots but we got like spat on for that and people, but like at some point we're like, okay, so they're the real deal. There are two bands here in Germany and they're all related to us. They're like, well, they're related to us because the guitar player of all these bands plays in Ulta now too. Okay. The one band is called Sun, one band is called Sun Worship from Berlin. And the other band is called Unruh from Bielefeld. And I want to focus on Unruh for now. And next time I will do Sun Worship. So Unruh, to me, is one of the best bands playing dark black metal-ish music right now. They have a full length out and a bunch of splits. They will release a new full length next year, which I was happy like to hear already. And it will be my favorite black metal album next year. I can already spoiler that. But 
with uh, 2016's Als Tier ist der Mensch nichts, which translates to as an animal, the man is nothing. It's a very philosophical band, and the band is called Unru, which is U-N-R-U, -U, which means translated riot or ruckus or restlessness. Not to be confused with the Arizona yep. crust hardcore band Unru with an H in the end. Um, they started in 2012 with a more like apocalyptic crust meets like 90s Bremen hardcore Acme, Sistral, and these bands, but for like transformed themselves into a more black metal-ish, I want to call it, uh, uh, band. They recorded this record at the Tonmeisterei, which is the German equivalent to God City, meaning if you have like a band that needs to sound heavy as fuck, loud, pounding, you can go there and as, as bad as your band might be, the sound itself will be awesome. They went in there and completely changed the recipe. And this record, again, people that know my taste and what I talk about here, I love reverb on guitars. And this whole thing is drenched in reverb. It's downtuned. It's dark as fuck. It's bleak as fuck. It is some, some songs are more like noise rock mid-tempo then there's a really long black metal song very repetitive screaming vocals dark vocals kind of what we do in Ulfa, but differently so it's dude like how do how do how to like compare it if you like if you like the like two hunters of um of wolves in the throne room add a dose of early neurosis to it um, put it in a blender and add layers of reverb and darkness on it. That's how Unru sounds. That sounds great, man. It's an, I, I also need to check them out. Yeah, they're, they are, they released with Supreme Chaos in Germany and Europe, but they were also on Sentient Ruin from Portland, like Matthias of Structure put them out. And I know that like a bunch of people that, that knew it through, um, through um uh, sentient ruin where like this is fucking awesome that's a german black metal band wow and then i remember that like when when abstractor did their only tour here i met matia and we talked we're talking about german black metal. he's like dude this unru record i love it but i met these guys how the fuck do they look what's wrong with them <laughs> and they don't even look that weird. They're just like normal guys, you know, like they they don't look eccentric or nothing. They're just like you look like regular people listening to extreme music. They have short hair. And um, but it's again, it's a mystery to me, especially like when we talk about sun worship next time, probably like this other band from Berlin. They look like the what they, they used to look like the um oh dude what's the name like i would walk 500 miles like you know that song like the water boys or something like that and yeah i don't know like i i don't remember what the name the the communards or something i don't know like they look like geeks at first like people were like hey they look like physics students like physics, <laughs> physics students. students that's awesome <laughs> um but they do but they just nail it they're just so good at what they do like and that's the thing why Unru, Sun Worship, and Ulta are such a close 
unit and we will tour with Unru next year and as I said like Lars who founded Sun Worship he plays in Unru too and also in on Ulfa we all grew up with black metal but also with tons of other bands we're all like raised in political ways that we're like anti-fascist but we're like still not uh stupid enough to like being blinded you know like blind idiots and i love these two bands to death and i'm so glad that ulfa is like in their realm and we're like homies and i look forward to this tour next year and i really hope like some americans listening to this or like from wherever you are listening to this give these bands like give them a proper push and like unru.bandcamp.com you also find all their stuff amazing bands great life band fantastic dudes love them i feel like in general people in the u.s are more likely to listen to european bands you know what i mean i think that um, uh especially anyone listening to this podcast um will be likely to check out a band and um not be so wrapped up in whether or not they they have like spikes or you know long hair or if they look like dudes who study philosophy you know it's like i think people yeah. are a little bit more open to that in the states for sure yeah yeah it's i mean yeah sorry go ahead europeans not so much because i remember one time when we were over in um well that tour the last actual proper tour we did over there and it wasn't even that extensive it was with black anvil and we were playing in some town in germany and this kid was like criticizing uh I, actually it was i want to i think it was black anvil's patches that they had round patches instead of rectangular ones <laughs> and i was like dude you know like is it that it's is it like i just don't get that you know what i mean like i don't understand no uh the rigidness of some people's ideas you know yeah it's i mean that's the that's the reputation german metal fans have that they're like very confrontational like in telling you what was good and what was not mm-hmm. and also like complaining about merch <laughs> i remember yeah. when uh when when danny and i were uh, on our honeymoon some years back which is by this point is almost 10 years ago um we had our last stop in uh, San Francisco, but we stayed for two nights in Oakland because the Dead Fest was happening. So that festival where Drop Dead are headlining both nights and they pick the bands that they want to have. Right. And it was, dro- it was Drop Dead and I think Um and um, Grief and like a lot of like awesome bands. And like, as always with American festivals, like 20 other bands that were playing the same day. <laughs> And though we went there, all right, yeah, I, we went there primarily because Graves at Sea were playing, and I, we both never had seen Graves at Sea play before. So I I was browsing through the merch and went to the Graves at Sea merch, and I saw the shirt, and I checked first. I should like I wanted to buy a shirt. I checked the the brand of the shirt, and I'm like, um, excuse me, sir, could I see this in an X large, please? And he's like, uh yeah okay and someone in the next like on the next table with the other band started laughing loud it's like ralph is that you i'm like huh what and it was steven from from graf orlock a band that i like i did shows for them a bunch of times and he like he was laughing he's like 
I this like the story was like so I saw you and I thought it must be you, but I'm like, what the fuck should Ralph do at a like at a crust festival in the States? But when you asked for to see the shirt if the size was proper, I knew you were German, so it must have been you. <laughs> yeah, well yeah. you know, you want to buy a shirt that fits, I guess, too, right? <laughs> yeah. We're we're like we're uh we're really uh you know like we're fond of the way we look here in Germany. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. So yeah, if people coming up, I hear this all the time. Like, dude, we played this show once in Germany, and this one guy came up and said, like, so yeah, I was really looking forward to that set, but you didn't play the song I wanted to hear. So fuck you. I was like, uh, okay. <laughs> Just uh, another public service announcement. Um, out there to people if I uh, if I ever tour Europe again and you're gonna say fuck you to me put your hands up okay I'm just gonna tell you <laughs> right off the bat that you're gonna get punched in the face by coming at me like that so there you go you were warned <laughs> yeah and I, I have to say something too like for the listeners out there if you're wondering I didn't fall asleep while doing this podcast I have a, a gigantic big black American stepper lying next to me sleeping and he's just started snoring That's and it awesome, sounds man. like yeah it has, sounds like my dad when I was younger I was like, like but he's dreaming and, and hunting in his dream right now yeah so <laughs> it's not me snoring well that was fun for sure man yeah awesome i think that's that's a cool open format and like i think it's a cool filler for like whenever we say like oh let's do do an episode and without big research just like stuff we know anyhow yeah it was cool man and and one of the things i like doing is talking about bands that i just think more people should know about you know and uh i think we, we hit all those boxes here yeah and it's it's uh the cool thing is also that like surprising each other because I knew like, okay, either I told you about Elter and I still to this, like right now, I, I wonder why I never told you about them because this is so much the music that you and I are into. And I think you will love the fuck out of this record. It sounds right up my alley. And I remember, you know, a few months ago we had this big, uh, you know, discussion about Funeral Doom. And, and I think it was after yeah. I had John on um, on Metal Matters from Evoking. Mm-hmm. And um, it seems like 10 years ago, but yeah, it was last year, maybe, yeah. or maybe earlier this year. I, I don't even, under, can't really fathom time anymore, but um, yeah. but yeah, and that band was, for some reason, um, you, you didn't mention them, but they sound great. Yeah, it's like, I, I, I should have mentioned Wolf Serpent, right? <laughs> that they would have, they, they, they would have fit into that mold because they were already good. Um, I will I will send you like links to these records that I recommend uh, on Facebook, and all that stuff is also on Bandcamp, so you can also like add it to the playlist on Spotify. Um, so you can like add it to the list for people to listen to. I think Just Neglect only has like some live recordings, but uh, yeah, it's like Alter is on there, uh, uh, Unru is on there, Wolf Serpent is on there, so yeah. Yeah, once again, everyone, if you guys are on Spotify, where we've been doing these um, these playlists, and if uh, you want to go to the show notes over at everythingonblackmedia.com, you, uh, you'll be able to find other links to the Bandcamp pages for all these bands. 
wow, there's like a monster on the other end of uh <laughs> that's awesome he's he's so loud man yeah and he's he's just he's you know he's hunting so he's like moving his paws and he's like shaking <laughs> he's like in deep deep rem state right now <laughs> that's killer yeah well thanks ralph and thank you guys for listening and we'll talk to you next week take care There is no more in there.